Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. What a great show and lineup we have for you today. I'm Dr. Pat, as many of you know. I want to say hi to our producers. Hello, Mr. Benny. Hola, que pasa? Yeah, like really cool, actually. Uh, Really doing pretty good with that. Thank you. Good, I'm glad you understood that. (laughs) I understand it. You know, I mean, it's like, okay, so a a lot of people are noticing how things are blooming and popping out, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, We just, once the sun comes out here, like if it like comes out for like a day, everything will like pop. But Mm -hmm. we're still getting a little color here, right? Have you gone to the University of Washington where they have the cherry blossom trees? Yeah. Oh, man, it's adorable. It's so great up there. It's like, what's going on over there? Even me being, even me being a coog. And I'm on the other side of the state with my school. I, I still the go coops. there. Thank you. Thank you, Jacob. He's got my back. I still visit the campus because it is so beautiful. Do they and let it, you on awful. that campus? Boy, they almost curious. wanted to kick me off so fast. I mean, I tell okay. you. <laughs> That's good. Because you had your cougar shirt on. No. Right? You no. Like little... Why would I do that? No. Of course I did. Going to like the <laughs> UW with the cougar shirt. I, I, got, I have to tell you that that logo is that just rocking. Ours? That Cougars logo. Why, yeah. thank you, Pat. That yeah, is the is most so... sincere, most beautiful thing I've ever heard from you. <laughs> so you bad. know, when it comes to sports, there are a lot of sports icons and sports logos and sports colors. But that logo is the spiritual logo, mm-hmm. right? You know mm-hmm. that, right? Of course. You know, the whole design of mm-hmm. it, the, the whole Cougar idea, but the whole design, the beautiful red crimson is it thank you the colors are just gorgeous but Mm -hmm. it is a highly spiritual vibration so i don't understand with that spiritual vibration why you lose football games uh wow (laughs) shots fired (laughs) whoa you know i have a button i could just turn you right off right i mean like (laughs) wow pat (laughs) i'm impressed i mean i'm thinking about a team like the team from oregon called the ducks who they like win who so the ducks yeah who aren't they called the ducks yeah i'm kidding pat i know who they are (laughs) so how is it ducks win and cougars lose Uh, i just don't get it and dogs you can't even find them oh, i'm gonna get so many emails about this show i just i can here i'll help us out there we go is that better oh my god thank you you're thank welcome you, benny um <clears throat> my guest is like i i gotta get off this show she's like <laughs> what what are these people talking about but look we got a great show and you know it's interesting we're talking about symbols and icons because you know, we've done a series of shows recently because of the symbolism of things. And I was really struck by, you know, a number of conversations we've been having lately. But I got to tell you what's up in the forefront right now. And it is anything to do with the goddess or goddess-like energy. 
Now, you don't have to be a woman to appreciate this. And as a matter of fact, almost all of Hollywood blockbuster movies around any uh, all of this, except for recently, I will say, have been done by men. But now we're getting a different perspective. You know, why is it that Gal Gadot would like to play and is going to play Cleopatra? Why is that whole entourage in that production mostly women? What is it about this that we should know? That's what Kate is going to talk to us about today. Kate, Kate Osborne's joining me here today. And this is about restoration for so many. It's about resolution and it's about restoration. It's how do we claim, own, understand, and feel the energy of all of this. Now, if you're Kate, you have done it all. You have been in publishing. You have the experiences of all of that. You understand what it's like to be in the business world. You know, you understand what it's like to represent people as a publicist. There's so many things that when you think about it and you think about what a journey is like, what is it that brings people forward to want to have a message like this, you know, showing up in the world today? That's one, just one of the things we're going to talk about today, because this is her book. And I think Jacob's got pictures of it, too. And this is about the goddess resolution. Think about what that means. What are we resolving? What is it that's going on? Kate, it's great to have you. Welcome. Thank you. Good morning. It's wonderful to be here, even though I didn't really understand any of the sports stuff to start <laughs> off with, but, but I get the whole cougar thing. But <laughs> uh, Well, you know, it's interesting because we have, um, you know, this is a, a campus city, so to speak, Seattle is, right? Mm -hmm. um, but we are so blessed in the Pacific Northwest by the beauty of spring, and that's really what we were talking about today. We were talking about what happens here. Now, if, you, if I were to turn my camera and you were to look out that window right over there, you'd see gray, gray, green, gray. <laughs> and amongst all of that is a blossom. You know, just things blossom. And so this is really about looking at harmony in so many ways. And that's what your book is about to me. Okay. It's about looking at, you know, harmony. Harmony is one of my favorite words. Um, I got a lot of feedback a number of years ago when everybody was talking about balance. Mm -hmm. And I came out and said, it's going to be impossible to achieve balance the way you're defining it. I said, harmony is the go-to, Right. You can't tell a woman who is so focused on creating or writing that she shouldn't spend 80% of her time writing her book, that that's out of balance. But today, I wanted to talk with you about the power to create through goddess energy, because that's one of the things I get from your book. I'm so struck by that. How has that been calling to you? Tell me about that. Well, first of all, I came to the book because I was working with Llewellyn on editing another book. And I, we were talking about different ideas. And I'd done, um, I mainly do oracle decks, so divination decks. That's been kind of a mainstay. And I'd just done this dark goddess oracle deck. And we were talking about the various goddesses. And that, that's basically dealing with your shadow side. Yeah, so dark in, in the most nurturing sense of the word. And when we were talking about the idea, she just said to me, well, why don't you write a book about 
goddess energy and relating it to emotional well not stability is the wrong word but basically being able to um, manage your emotions that doesn't mean you have total control all the time it just means that when things happen you're able to manage that through the stories and the mythology and the ideas of the goddesses that have been in literature around the world since dot right the first ever first ever statue that was found was of a voluptuous woman and so, you know, we are all born of women, as I say, right in the beginning of the book, man and female are all born of a woman. So we, you know, we hold that creative energy, that divine creative energy. And it's about expressing that through our emotions, but trying to do that in a healthy way. Yeah. And I love that you're really looking at this from, and can I just put two words together and I want you to comment on them. Because there's so much that has come out about women and women and goddesses. And I mean, that has to do with control. Mm -hmm. And and I never got it. I never understood how women are so loved for their emotional ability and creative energy, right? Our emotional creative energy. We're so loved for it, right? And we're so hated for it. like it's like you finally rise up in a corporate environment and you get that corporate job and all of a sudden you dude you're like way too emotional for this job right yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. but everything up to that point to really motivate to get to that place is it paradoxical is it paradoxical in that way do you think um do you know what i think if you're talking about the working environment and my sort of most recent thing in the mainstream was funnily enough in radio i worked on the advertising side of radio for one of the big radio um, corporations we have here in the uk and you're absolutely right all the way through when you're sort of climbing the ladder a bit it's like oh yeah you, you relate to people your clients really well and you get enthusiastic but then when it comes to the boardroom so to speak and you start expressing yourself in that way it's like oh you know time of the month or too emotional or whatever it might be and i think that comes from fear i think that comes from the people around you who are who are fearful of maybe because they don't feel they can express themselves that way or perhaps they've had past experiences of um, something negative happening if you allow somebody to express themselves but you know the problems come when you don't allow people to express themselves in the main, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Control is, um, I think, at the root of all the problems we have in the world today. Yeah. I mean, isn't it interesting we're talking about that? Last week, I had the opportunity to interview one of the youngest members of parliament from the Ukraine. And, yeah. you know, just listening to him and his conversation about, I mean, I, I was amazed that we were to find a little humor in the interview with him um, yeah. at some level, but I asked him a very important question. And we're also trying to have um, schedule a, a number of panels. I'm very interested in the women of the Ukraine, because I don't know if you've been watching them, they are goddess-like in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet, when I read your book, I could literally take pages out of your book to describe how rising up they are and you know i i tried to do my best to ask him about the women but clearly women have been part of that 
you know, that 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 ecosystem of relationships since war, 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 you know, 14 yeah. war, more war. So they've been side by side. And yet it seems like we have so much more to do. Tell me about this, because is that is the more to do part of the goddess resolution? And I don't mean more for us women to do. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah, no, so more in the sense of, <laughs> I don't want to do more. <laughs> I'm like, you're doing fine. You're doing plenty as it is. I've got teenage children. I don't want to be doing I more do more. I want to do um, more. Yeah, it, maybe it's not so much doing more, but listening more, mm -hmm. um, being heard more. Um, uh, stuff is happening anyway things things are begin you know things are becoming more transparent industries are becoming more transparent whether the people at the top of those industries like it or not so i think we don't need to do as much as be ready to respond to what is going on you know um part of what i loved is the 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 goddesses you picked out to talk about in the book Okay. And and the reason I, I really love them, I want to talk about a couple of them, especially Please. in light of what you just said. Mm -hmm. um, what, which one do I think is, which this is going to be an odd question, because, you know, I, if you came to my house, I was telling somebody the other day, if you were to walk into my house, and you were to take a look in my house and see the posters I have on the wall, you get a sense of what I align with or what I get energized by, right? Mm -hmm. But the, the, the goddesses that I have in my space don't necessarily represent the goddesses that people know. I want to come right out of the gate and talk with you about one of them that is used over and over and over again, okay. even in mainstream crazy movies. Yeah, okay. Like, I think I know who you're going to go for then. <laughs> Pandora. I oh, it wasn't. It wasn't going to. Yeah, it wasn't going to be Pandora. I know. Yeah. Which one were you picking? Tell me which one you Hecate. were picking. I thought you were going to say Hecate because she comes through yes. in all the witchy films. And, exactly. You know, I'm all saving that, sort that. Of stuff. Yeah, I was going to say enough, that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. But, but um, Pandora. We, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's even a crazy line in that movie, Notting Hill, with the, uh, <laughs> right? Hugh Grant and, yeah. Oh, my gosh. But because of what we've done, we don't understand her, do we? Well, at the end of the day, if you, if you believe what the original writing, she was created, yeah. right? So yeah. she's not in, in the sense of... Um, how we've we are the result of the energy energy manifesting itself supposedly pandora was a creation of a god to to exact whatever he wanted to exact on on another god but um the idea here is that she has <laughs> temptation was the big thing with her wasn't it the curiosity of just thinking i gotta see what's in the box I'm gonna, or the vase whatever it was and you know I, I fall in that trap occasionally too where i just think i just want to know the end of the film or the end of the story beforehand um, oh my gosh were you like in my house last night probably okay. so <laughs> I, I, a friend of mine told me to watch this this uh, series right and i had saved it and I watched the first four episodes, and then I went to the last one. Oh, what was it, Pat? <laughs> what was it, though? Uh, the Cleaning Lady, I think it's called. Oh, don't know. Benny, don't know. did I get that right? Can Benny or somebody um, look that up? I, sure, the I can look it up. It's cleaner. not ringing a bell for me. Yeah. She, the cleaner. It's a, 
it's a great series uh, because okay. it, it just talks about the many facets of who she is. She happens to be a cleaning woman, but that's yeah. not where the story goes. Yeah. But isn't that interesting? I, yeah. I was like into like the, and then I'm like, okay, I just want to know what happens at the end. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I did like four and then I went to the end. Now I will tell you, I will not do that with, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Benny, the cleaning lady. I will not do that with killing Eve. Oh, no. I will not do that with killing Eve because. I want to talk about the energy of this because in your book, you talk about the gifts of the goddesses and let's take a moment to go over mm. this if we could, because that will, that will explain to Benny, Jacob and William, why we're talking about this a little bit. Can we get down and dirty with some of the gifts here we're talking about? Okay. First of all, I, I always find the word gift interesting, right? I have <laughs> German heritage and in German, the word gift means poison. So you've got the two sides of things, like the double-edged sword, right? The That's cursing what a man and the has. blessing, the blessing Absolutely. and the curse. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, again, it's about how you use stuff. It's all about the choices you make with what you have. So you can choose to do these things productively, or you can choose to cause a bit of chaos if you if you so do. But the gifts that women have um, on an emotional level are very powerful. Do you have children, Pat? I don't have any children of my own, but I raised, I raised exactly. a child. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then even if you didn't have your own like children, it didn't, whether it's it, siblings. Well, like he didn't or... like pop out of me, but. No, exactly. I, but the, you'll understand the bond like that you did, have. Yeah. <laughs> you'll understand <laughs> the bond you have. And sometimes, so you, your gift could be compassion, could be understanding. And sometimes that can veer into something that's slightly unhealthy. Yeah, if you're over the top with something. So um, we're complicated creatures, I think. And we're powerful complicated. creatures. Yeah. Complicated. Complicated. And, you know, in the context of this, right, is, is you know, is looking at, my mom used to say, I had two moms, both of them goddesses, different. My mm -hmm. stepmom had to be Athena or Athena, depends on mm -hmm. what you reference her as Athena mm -hmm. or Athena. That had to be that. My birth mom had to be like, you know, like Aphrodite. She was just all about love, right? You put those together, you really do get a warrior, right? <clears throat> but one of the things she used to say is you just have to know and hold them and know when to fold them. Yeah. You have to know when to bring something out. Do we in goddess energy, how do we learn that? Because those things are emotional, right? They're the integration of the mind and the heart and the emotional energy to get us to a point where we take action. Do you see what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't even know if Helen of Troy, I, I mean, honestly, I don't even know who decided to put everybody in that wood structure. But the point is, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. it's hard to find the truth of anything. But think about the way we're looking at some of these goddess figures, Mary Magdalene, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How are we doing with integrating the mind and the heart? How are we doing? <laughs> how the goddess is doing. <laughs> <laughs> when you were asking me how we actually managed to do that as well, it just, yep. I'm afraid it comes with experience. It comes yeah. with living life right? Mm -hmm. Nobody, there's only so much you can 
um, comprehend as a child. People can tell you as much as they like, but there's only so much you can understand and cope with as a child. And then you move into adolescence and so on. And so it's the life experience. Now, I don't know anybody who's reached my age, and I'm 51, who hasn't had some difficulties. I don't know if we can use profanities on here, but, you know, the S word happened to them in life by the time they've got to this age. And I think it's then either you you learn from that and move forward so it becomes an experience in your emotional body, but you've managed to deal with it. So actually it becomes a strength should you encounter a difficulty again later on you deal with it in a different way than if you've never had that challenge before yeah I was reading the section of the book where you wrote in in our emotions we trust and you were referencing Mm -hmm. a great goddess of the underworld anytime I see the underworld I'm all in okay that's just that's just like a weird (laughs) thing with me I'm not even sure where that comes from I mean I watched all the underwood underworld movies but you know the great goddess of the underworld and I thought it was going to be a different goddess but can we talk about how the great goddess of the underworld helps us or inherently guides us to trust these emotions yeah well you probably will have come across a different one because I referenced New Zealand yes you did I love that you did that because I grew up in New Zealand my teenage years were spent in Wellington bottom of the North Island Um, and I was very blessed at the time that in my school and so on we had a marae on the school so that's a meeting house Maori meeting house and um, I you know I felt that I I, there's also um, an Australian uh, goddess in there too but this New Zealand goddess of the underworld her story is um, is it's very contemporary when when you hear about it you know when she discovers that the father of her children is also her father you know this is even though this was written thousands of years ago and passed orally through the generations what people what um, people have to contend with nowadays as well it's the same sort of thing and her first instinct was to run away was to feel shame and guilt and to flee from where she was and hence she she ended up going to the underworld but um, through her then <laughs> man tried to get back inside her in a way that he wasn't meant to and so um, th- this is where death and rebirth came through that story um, so yeah that's you know there are lots of I think what comes across when you're dealing with um, goddess energy is that there are that you will find across the world lots of different goddesses that represent the underworld mm-hmm. effectively there's probably only a handful of goddesses right six seven of them maybe but depending where you live depending the environment that you're in they will be told in a different way so you've got hell is also another goddess of the underworld in the norse mythology and she lives in a cave and you know and she's looking after the souls there and it's cold and it's dank and it's very different from hini who is is in this lush part of the world in the pacific um but i think it's I guess they're all showing that the underworld also is a real necessity that we, in order to become who we need to be, we have to go through these things in life and know how to deal and cope with them. You know, there's so many books around and so many teachings that are all about trying to avoid problems in life. Yep. So do this to avoid that, do this to avoid that, to, to kind of turn your face against something ever happening. But, what does that teach our children? Because at some point they will face difficulties. At some yeah. point people will come, will have to face trauma. And so 
the sooner you can learn to deal with that and deal with the emotions that brings up in you, because some Mm -hmm. people won't feel guilt and shame. They may feel anger and rage. And so that's, it's about learning to deal with that when that boils up, you know, particularly in women, I think the, the most, um, difficult people I've had to deal with in life have been women not men because emotionally trying to read a woman can be quite Mm -hmm. you know it it, it's quite hard sometimes we just went through this here in the United States the other day last week actually yeah um and it was it was fascinating because you know I watched the same press conference my friend watched and he was outraged he was (laughs) outraged by um our vice president Kamala Harris in a press mm-hmm. conference smiling when she said our doors are open and welcome uh, okay so she's right and mm-hmm. i just thought from him and i said what what really bothered you about that you know yeah. you know what what, what, triggered, was, yeah. what was that you know were you not taking her seriously she hadn't smiled up to that one statement and that one question that was asked of her and i said but what was that you know, what was that about that smile or that grin or whatever that expression was that set you off? And, you know, he couldn't answer the question. And then, of course, for me, I read your book. Did you? You know, one of the things I want to ask you, you know, is the outline that you put in the book and how you express this outline in the book. I apologize for that phone. That's okay. I, yeah. Um, I loved, when I got the book and I was asked, do I want to interview you? Mm-hmm. Of course, I looked at the book and then I looked at your approach to this. And that's what I want to talk about when we come back from break. Okay. I went through and I said, oh, she's not leaving out temptation okay she is not leaving out but put up or shut up that is like my mom used to say that but she used to cuss uh then you know I think she's telling me to put on my boxing gloves over here in this section and then she's inviting us to be born again all through the eyes of some amazing goddesses my question for you Kate Kate Osborne Mm -hmm. when we come back I don't know if you can write this book without this book changing you, without the writing of the book changing you. We're going to take a short break, but how do people find out about you before we go to break, if you don't mind? No problem at all. They can visit my website, which is www.solarisltd.com. So it's solarisltd.com. That's a fascinating word. We could do a whole show just on that, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the, I'm, I want to go through the book and I want to just have you talk a little bit about the format of the book and, and how each chapter really takes people on a journey. And really what I got <laughs> from it is it takes you on a journey of self-discovery, but it also hits a few nerves. At least mm-hmm. it did for me, mm-hmm. you know, the shut up or put up one that definitely got to me over the weekend. But when we come back, I want to talk about who emerged. Were you were you told by them to be included in the book? And how did you change? Who most spoke to you? Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. 
Your own innate brilliance already lives inside of you. Come discover it so you can shine brightly in this world. Join me, your host, Adrian Cobb, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern during Wild Magic on TransformationTalkRadio.com and get answers to who you are and where you belong. To learn more about me and the show, visit MyWildMagic.com. Again, that's MyWildMagic.com. Don't miss Colette Marie Steffen on The Truth is Funny, Ship Happens, every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Colette is a renowned energy worker here to help you see the serendipitous humor of the truth. It's funny. Tune in and laugh with Colette. Shift into your highest potential. Call into the show to work on your personal shift with Colette and visit TheTruthIsFunny.com to learn more about all the life-shifting services Colette offers. As different layers of consciousness unfold in each show, you won't want to miss a second of this. Make sure to tune in to Transmutation Time, Energetic Alchemy for an Amazing Life, every month with Kelly Kay on TransformationTalkRadio.com. To learn more about Kelly and the show, visit www.EnlightenedMedicine.com. You have the power to turn trauma into transcendence. Come bring your shadow into the light so you can begin to truly heal and grow today. Hi, I'm Coach Martez. And I'm licensed therapist with Drina Layton. We want to invite you to join us on the Coach Martez and with Drina Layton show, where we discuss understanding love, accepting truth, and changing your perspectives. Relationships are the currency to life, and so many couples find themselves broke in their relationships. We want you to join us for a lively discussion and practical tips and insights on how to turn things around and gain the merit for life mindset. There is divinity within you. Join Lisa Belt on her show, The Unshakable Living Show, Supernaturally and Divinely Unshakable, twice a month, and find that divinity that you deserve. Lisa will help you feel encouraged, empowered, and realize that you're not alone on your journey. With Lisa, address the foundation, the frame, and the finish of your dreams and become truly unshakable. Day-to-day living can be difficult in our world today. Most of us don't know how to live a peaceful, joy-filled existence. Learn how to break through these barriers and live a transformative life on Love and Light with me, Dr. Lisa, every day living in peace, every second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. To work with Dr. Lisa, visit EducationThroughEngagement.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. So great to have you join us. Look, this is the goddess resolution, restoring harmony, emotional well-being through spiritual connection. Kate Osborne joining me here today. She is the author, most amazing. Um, And there's so much more you can find out about her. And this is really the Solaris Foundation. Is that the best place to go, Kate? Yep, absolutely. Okay, solarisfoundation.com. It's Mm S-O-L-A-R-U-S. Uh-huh. So y'all get that right there. Um, the book available, I'd say everywhere, right? Yep. Um, and I want to thank uh, all of our friends at Llewellyn for mm-hmm. bringing this to us. I was very happy when Llewellyn, um, you know, sent the book forward and I opened the book immediately. And that's what I want to talk with you about now. Right. Because I opened the book and I, can you imagine, I've been doing this 20 years. Can you imagine how many books I've reviewed? Yeah. Yeah. And I opened the book 
first of all, the table of contents got me. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't even read the book. Okay. But I thought, wait a minute, this is not your regular book. This is about a life's journey. They're going to be lessons here, right? They're going to be lessons we need to read about and understand some of the history and the depth of it and the emotional parts of this. Because when I look at this, can I just for a moment, and then I want you to explain this because mm -hmm. it's different. Here, chapter one, the power to create. Chapter two, the relationship ripple. Chapter three, tackling temptation. Hello, who hasn't done that? But who, which goddess did it? Chapter four, facing fallout, which we touched upon a bit. Uh, chapter five, shut up or put up. <laughs> That's the one I read twice. Um, chapter six, sitting in judgment. Chapter seven, becoming the fortress. Chapter eight, so what my mom used to say to us girls, girls, you have got to pick your pick battles. Your battles. Chapter nine, death becomes you. And chapter 10, born again creators. And then there's more. But this is different. This is different. Did you mean to take us on a learning experience and transformative journey through this approach? Yes. And I'm so glad you, you, you saw that. It was, um, do you know what? I never thought the first book that I would write because I've ghostwritten and things before would be a self-help book. I always thought the first book I do would be like another Da Vinci code or, you know, definitely yeah, fiction. Yeah. And I could go to all sorts of places, but when I sat down with it and I sat down with the, these lists of goddesses and I thought, well, who, who can I relate to which chapters? I actually just went through my life story to an extent. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it had to be something <laughs> like that. But you went through your life story, which is a life story of so many women. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, there's no way I could have done this book at any other time because um you know, I, I, I've lost somebody. Uh, my first husband died when I was yeah. quite young and he was quite young. Um, I've had children who are now teenagers and a second marriage to somebody who's older and wiser than myself most of the time. Um, I've gotten to travel. And so that was really good and do lots of different jobs and then start my own business. So I don't think I could have come to this any earlier than now. And I love that you did this because I'm, and I've mentioned this before a couple of times on the show. Um, I have been doing this 20 years on average, 10 hours a week for 20 years. Yeah. Right. Because I love it. And, and I started the network in 2009. So now, you know, we have a network transformation network, but I've never written a book per se. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm getting more publicists like whether it's cat or manzanita or book agents and they're, when are you going to write your book when are you going to write your book but i looked at the way you wrote this and it kind of inspired me that's fantastic to able to write a book the way that i want to write it this way right and i want to ask you about this because in each of these chapters you bring a goddess to light Mm -hmm. What I mean to light is you bring a goddess to the forefront. Did any one chapter cause you serious angst to put on paper? What headaches, probably. 
like more than than uh, headaches is good that's a yeah good. I that's know good. I know it's just sort of like okay um well first you know first of all the the book itself I first thought well maybe I should do something that addresses everybody male and female and by all means lovely male males out there if you want to read the book go ahead because it'll give you a nice insight into how you know women folk are kind of working and and what they're dealing with but I just had to zone in on what I knew I suppose and that was being a woman um and having gone through kind of like these phases I guess you know they it's not that these happen it necessarily in that order and then that's it quite often I'm tackling temptation quite often I'm facing fallout it's always a learning thing but actually the whole thing unfolded uh pretty much in my head before my eyes now you know some people will say do do you get inspiration from do you hear somebody telling you stuff or whatever it is but it's like a film that's how when I'm writing yeah it's like I'm seeing a film and it's putting it down in that way that's the way I work I guess so um but the sorry going back to when you say one one particular um chapter um there are a couple of things I do talk about that have happened in my life that were quite testing at the time Mm -hmm. so I think it was making sure I wrote it with integrity. Yeah. Yeah. And respecting any, you know, the people that are involved, the energies that were involved and actually the goddess, the stories, the original trying to, you know, I looked for the most authentic versions of these stories because a lot have been butchered over the years um, to to suit media, to suit a particular narrative. Um, And I just wanted to go back to the most original versions I could find. You know, it's interesting you say that I was, um, you know, I was excited to hear, and I think I mentioned this earlier, I was excited to hear Gal Gadot going to go ahead and um, do the revisit Cleopatra. Mm. And of course, you know, Patty Jenkins was originally going to direct it, but she had to step away. She's gotten a couple of other projects. She's still involved. Um, But Gal was talking about the fact that she wanted to represent Cleopatra from Cleopatra's perspective. Yeah. You know, what would it be like to see the journey of Cleopatra, which isn't sensationalized by, you know, the the sexism approach of what we looked at? Although, I mean, it did make a great Hollywood love story, right? With the actors. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Come on. And that's what suited, that's what suited what was going on at the time, right? And people all bought into it at the time. But yeah, it's quite, quite different. You know, the goddesses aren't all beauties necessarily as we know them. Um, many you can't go through the stuff you've gone through and and come mm. out looking radiant the whole time um, and yeah it'd be very interesting to see how they portray Cleopatra I have to say I want to jump to one of the chapters in the book because I think this is going to this this one there were two chapters in the book that that I, I really looked at and I, and, and I went back and I thought wow this has got to be one of the long the, this is one of the biggest chapters in the book right Mm -hmm. and I I looked at it but I found these two chapters and they're not next to each other in the book Mm -hmm. and I think you do that on purpose (laughs) I think you (laughs) separate them by sitting in judgment and I thought oh that's brilliant okay there we go but by the time I got to becoming the fortress I almost wanted to cry oh okay now tell me why yeah exactly because how often have we been invited to become that 
to become powerful, to be revered for it. Right? Seldom, probably. Huh? <laughs> probably seldom that you've actually been invited to do that. But I had to go through the rest of the book to get here to appreciate this chapter. And that's why, and this, and may I, okay, can, can I read uh, something Please. from it? Okay. Because yep. I, I write in the book, so I definitely can't give this book away. Okay. We're going to have Good. to give a different book away. Okay. But when I got to this, I was like, damn, God, I'm making some very big decisions now. Mm-hmm. that I don't want to be afraid to make them. I don't want to be afraid to make them. I want to trust, like you say previously. But you go on to say, becoming a fortress is not about locking yourself up, Mm-mm. not about being an emotionally impenetrable tower, but having the knowledge and the voice and the practical tools to defend your authentic self. I love that you quoted Jung here. That was a pleasant surprise for me. Mm-hmm. This is a quote of Jung that I didn't, I'm so glad you put, and you say the privilege of a lifetime is to become who you truly are. And then here's the line that got me. Cultivating the ability to be your true self for your thoughts, words, and deeds is like practically building yourself up brick by brick. It may require sacrifices, giving up distra- on distractions. And you go on to talk about, for example, relationship, job. And I thought, oh, my God, you're so right about that. See, if I walked away from what we're building, the network and our expansion now, I could walk out the door and I could walk away and have all of those other things. But that's not my calling. And you describe this in a way that answered my question when I get picked on, when I say, I don't believe in balance, right? Mm -hmm. How did you personally relate to this chapter? Because you can't write something like this without a personal relationship to this. I'm sorry. So (laughs) I got to have spend 10 minutes, the last 10 minutes of the show, you talking about that. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Am I right though? Right? Yeah, you are. You are. Okay. It's, it's a couple of things. I've mm-hmm. had influence from martial arts and martial arts teachings because becoming a fortress is actually a martial artist term in karate, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but obviously there it is about building, being able to stand in your stance. Yeah. So um, being able to take whatever comes at you. Then I thought, well, how does it relate to the if I was to become a fortress and I thought of it, well, you know, there are, again, thinking of goddesses and mythology in the stories, the fortresses and the castles can either be depicted in a negative light or actually in a safe haven, in a sanctuary. So you're making yourself your safe haven, your sanctuary It is not an easy thing to do because first of all, you need to know who you are and what is it you want from life at that time. Um, not don't be afraid to make mistakes you know as well because if you've uh you're gonna you are gonna make mistakes but if you know I can cope with it however I feel when I make the mistake 
then it's never going to tear you down as much as it did the first time around. And so your fortress is always there. It's just about building it up in such a way that um, it houses all all the tools you have, everything. You can go to it as a sanctuary. You can go to it as a safe haven. You can put things in your fortress that mean something to you. You don't necessarily need to be using them or seeing them every day of your life. This could be relationships. It could be about a person who, you know, a, a person that's close to you in life, but you only speak to them once a blue moon. Yeah. Right. It doesn't mean you've forgot you've forgotten about them or yourself. It could be you will write a book, Pat. I have no doubt about that. But maybe you'll you help are, me. I'd love maybe to you'll help. Do you know what? This I would is the way. Love this, to. this is because really the way you captured the power of this journey for me and it's still about goddesses yes yeah yeah but it's about goddesses in the way we live our lives and I was so struck by I mean I could go we could do a two-hour show because and I love the order that you put this in the reason I had to ask you about the fortresses is becomes it because it it comes before the picking your battles yeah yeah and it right? has to, it has yeah. to, because how can you go to battle when you don't know what the hell you're fighting for or where you are or where you stand, you know, it, you're ungrounded, right? Emotionally, physically, and you don't feel spiritually. Safe. No, you've got nowhere to turn to. What are you fighting for in this battle of yours? You know, if there's nothing to, to preserve in the, in the best possible way, and that's your own self, mm-hmm. right? That that's your, um, I guess what it all boils down to with this book is there is so much that tears people down day in day out Mm -hmm. it's a reminder to say you can create a much better world or experience of the world for yourself Mm -hmm. you've got that power everything is energy that's it finito and it's how it manifests itself yeah and you bring us you bring us full circle I think in the part of the book where you know, everything that had come before prepares us for the conversation you you have about engaging with the winds of change, you mm-hmm. know, because but, you cannot engage with the winds of change if you haven't really gone through, you know, the previous no, ideas. No. And, and you're touching on the fact every one of these chapters has multiple exercises to do as well, which are earth, which are predominantly earth-centered exercises for, you know, earth medicine exercises. So they connect us as much as I can and as much as I hope people can do go out in nature and do these things Mm. you know you need to connect with the elements you need to hear and feel nature around you and see it around you and the earth itself will energize you too you know you're so right about that one of the the things I do with the people I coach is I ask them to go find a stick yeah. And, and I, and it, they cannot find it. They cannot bring the stick. They cannot find the stick in less than seven days. They have to so, take seven days to find oh, the stick. Yep. Fantastic. Right. And the reason I do that is that because the early way out would be to find any stick, but that's not really the exercise, is it? No, it's no, it isn't. Mm-hmm. And you want people to be more discerning as well. in life. More discerning. You know? And to really look at what they're looking at, you know, and everybody that does that, when they come back, they have the story that is more like the born again creator energy. You know, they see things in a, in a stick that they found. And of course, they, they can't, they have to find it on the ground or someplace. I have, I have had some people 
travel to other states to find their wow. stick. <laughs> There's no rules. But I want to ask you this last question. All of this to me had an end game. And I didn't know it had an end game till I got to the end. Because we have to be those born again creators, don't we? Absolutely. More than once in life, we have to know. Multiple times. Right. Yeah. You know, somebody asked me how I got the snake as one of my totems. Nice. And um, that's a beautiful totem animal to have. It, it is. And I said, well, it's simple. When you're in the desert and you're on a vision quest and you keep finding snakeskin that has been shed and you keep bringing it back to your mentor, shaman, what do you think she's going to say? <laughs> but that's what, I, what I'm seeing is you give us a way and help us to shed things so that new growth can come. What is your greatest wish for people reading this book? I know what I got out of it. And I by the way, I have to go back and read again. There's way too much. And some <laughs> of the exercises are, I have to go back. Oh, they take, yeah, they take, they take a little a bit. bit of time. <laughs> yeah. But um, I know you have a vision for it. I want people to have a greater sense of themselves and to love themselves more for their life experience. So actually they bring love into everything that they're doing. And I don't mean that in an airy, fairy, huggy, huggy, kumbaya type of way. I mean, in, you know, in the sense of appreciating life itself, because it is fleeting. My personal message would be for people not to be afraid to live who they truly know themselves to be. Mm. Hmm. And that's male and female alike. And then your website again, because you've got other things going on as well. Uh-huh. It's www.solarisfoundation.com. You can also find me at www.solarisltd.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for everything. And thank everybody. Thank you, I would Pat. just want to, I want to hold the book up here uh, again. And please, it's available everywhere. Um, it is a really a journey that you'll go on. There's so many things we didn't really talk about, but again, you'll be able to figure those out for yourselves. And thank you for honoring so many different goddess energies in this book. Yes, I you know, it, it really was for me, just an uplifting and learning experience to learn about these other goddesses and this other energy that we often forget about or don't know. And thank you for setting the record straight on Pandora. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Thank you, Pat, so much for having me. It's been you an bet. absolute pleasure. I apologize. Um, you no, all right. All right. If in the future you do want to do anything with regards to a book for yourself, please. I'm here for you. Seriously. I'm going to call you. I will take, right, I will take you up on that. Thank you, Benny. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, William. Thank you, gentlemen. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Let's take a short break. We'll be right back.